so cruel. And poor Glinty. She was too young to fly. Her wings weren't fully developed. I suppose she died, but I could never find out. I didn't even know where the well was, though I looked. I never forgave my brother for that. I bet you didn't. But is it really true? Is it all true? But her aunt was finished with that topic. Now, now, she said, tucking the chisel into a pocket on her apron. That's enough of that. She stood back to admire her work. What do you think of this sculpture? Copper knew her aunt was not going to talk about dragons again. Aunt Ruby's stories often hinted at a place where dragons and wolves lived, where things were strangely, magically different. But she always stopped without explaining, leaving Copper desperate to know more. Reluctantly, Copper turned her attention to the beautiful stone carving of a lion's head that her aunt was working on. It's brilliant! He, he looks really noble and kind. I'd like to have a lion, too. <laughs> that would be fun. Aunt Ruby fingered the large orange beads round her neck thoughtfully. Copper watched the firelight shining on her aunt, glimmering on her black hair and the sequins and beads on her skirt. Copper loved her aunt, adored her, even though Aunt Ruby was odd, odder than any other aunt that Copper had ever met anyway. Which other aunt had wild, jet-black hair knotted with scarves into a magnificent pile on her head? Who else wore large beads made from strange exotic stones and shining minerals never seen anywhere else? And Aunt Ruby was a sculptor. Copper didn't know any other aunts who were sculptors, or who had, like Aunt Ruby, a special apron with thirty-nine pockets, one for each of her sharp carving tools. She was certainly the only aunt who had ever carved the stone gateposts of an ordinary little house into eagles, and the lintel above the door into a dragon. We are a bit different from other people, she admitted to Copper, but we must be glad of that, not ashamed. You see, we don't come from here. We've got rock and wood and the ice from the mountains coursing through our veins. We are earth people. We can make things. We've got the knowledge. You'll understand when you're older. Older? I'm nearly ten now, said Copper, and I don't have any knowledge of anything. I can't use a chisel or a hammer without bashing my fingers. And anyway, I don't think I want to be different. Do I want rocks and twigs in me? Earthy people sound dull and muddy. Now... Wonderful, said Aunt Ruby dreamily. But Copper wasn't so sure. She was thinking about school. What fun was there in being different if it meant the other children ignored you or laughed at you and no one was your friend? You can't change what you are, said Aunt Ruby. You're better than anyone at knitting. And I bet if that useless school of yours taught you sensible things like woodwork, you'd be top of the class at that. Copper made a face. She didn't think so. Aunt Ruby was right about them being different, though. 
Aunt Ruby had those purple eyes like amethysts, her wild black hair, and skin as white as paper. And Copper, with her long red hair and creamy skin, she was different too. Plus, Copper knitted. Instead of a small bag to carry her purse and keys in, Copper carried a long knitting needle bag. Instead of pens and pencils jutting out of her blazer pocket, she had crochet hooks. She had every type of knitting needle, wooden, metal, and coloured plastic, and every size. She had all types of wool, too, thick and lumpy and thin and hairy. Copper knitted all the time, but she never finished anything. She couldn't finish anything. Her jumpers had one sleeve. 